0: You're listening to The Lightwalker's Path with Serena Myers, the podcast that sparks real, raw, honest conversations about what it actually means to live a spiritual life. Serena is a sacred soul mentor who guides people to tap into their heart's truth so they can live their lives with purpose, on purpose. Hello and welcome to episode 9 of The Lightwalker's Path. I'm your host Serena Myers and this week we are going to be taking a journey back 20 years ago to a little movie called Dogma. That is where we are going to kick things off. Now in this movie Chris Rock plays a prophet that has come to earth. And he's talking about the different things that God feels about how we've been managing ourselves as humans here on the plane. And he says that God still digs humanity, but it bothers him to see the shit that gets carried out in his name. And he goes on to say that everything gets messed up because we've built belief structures onto them. And he says, I think it's better to have ideas. You can change an idea. Changing a belief is trickier. And that's what I want to talk about today, is the ability to change your mind. When I was 10 years old, my uncle, who is quite gourmet in many ways, he had a beautiful wedding. And at this wedding, he served black olives. Now at that point in time I'd only ever known that olives came in the green variety and they were always on pizza and I always had to pick them off. So when this beautiful plate went by with these gorgeous plump black olives naturally I thought they were grapes. And so you can imagine when you're expecting a nice beautiful sweet squishy experience and you end up biting into the pit of a black olive which is kind of salty and a bit bitter it can be a bit jarring and certainly taint your experience of black olives now yes that bias i'm sure didn't help (laughs) however i know also our taste buds change over time but until i was about 14 years old and i worked at a pizza place where they had black olives on a beautiful mexican pizza i had this firm belief that i didn't like olives And if I had chosen to stick with that, I think about how I would never have enjoyed that beautiful Mexican pizza or every other gorgeous Greek salad that I've had since. And I've had olives now of all nations where they're stuffed and unstuffed and just like these beautiful sumptuous things. However, the pleasure of olives would have been completely denied to me had I not been willing to consider that maybe, just maybe… I might actually like olives, even though when I was 10 years old, I most certainly did not. And while that seems like a really trivial thing to be able to use as an illustrative point, I hope you can just kind of bear with me a little here. Because food is a funny thing, and it's sort of an easy way for us to safely explore the idea of changing our minds. However, I've witnessed some pretty interesting things that happen, especially in the spiritual community, when our beliefs are challenged. So I'm personally of the belief that we have soul agreements, that we, uh, before coming into a life, have a set number of lessons that we are here to achieve, and that we plan ahead. We choose our parents and we choose other souls to journey with on this path that will help us to learn and integrate these lessons. This is just something that I have known to be true even when I was a kid growing up in Catholic school I was a terrible Catholic because I could never just believe that we were born died and went to heaven that just didn't work for me and recently I was at an event where um, the individual who was leading the event mentioned that he doesn't believe in this sort of predestination he doesn't believe in soul contracts and soul agreements And he's seen too much of the darker side um, that he can't imagine that God would have actually planned any of that ahead of time or that we would have chosen to suffer. And so therefore, you know, that's his conviction that that's the reason he doesn't believe in soul agreements. However, when he stated this, the room erupted in Everything from frustration to disbelief, you know, in the spiritual community, the idea of choosing your parents and choosing, you know, the things that happen to us so that we can learn and grow is a pretty common held belief. And the fact that this teacher who was really, really well regarded um, disagreed with that was challenging to a lot of people. And there's something that happens to us. And I don't know if it's because we're already choosing this sort of slightly alternative path and we've had to fight so hard to get here that when we find um, people don't believe the same things that we do, that it feels like some sort of a betrayal. You know, if we look to, you know, a year or two ago when Doreen Virtue decided to shift directions and renounce everything that she had built her entire career upon There was a massive uprising in the spiritual community, people felt abandoned, they felt disrespected, they felt misled, they were kind of lost floundering in the dark because they were taking her word as gospel and they weren't really forming their own thoughts, feelings, and ideas and opinions. And so when she said, actually, no, all of this is wrong, they didn't know what to do with themselves. There was no more guiding light. But what if we could view it differently? What if we could just give Doreen Virtue the, I don't know, the permission, the ability to change her mind? What if her changing her mind had zero impact on her students carrying out their lives? And isn't that how it should be? If we want to be these autonomous creatures who are free to buck the norm, who are free to choose to do differently, who are free to live lives on our own terms, then why can't we give permission to other people to do the same? And on that same vein, if we are truly free to choose, why would we choose to bind ourselves by what we know to be true now when we get presented with evidence of something different later? So when this teacher presented at the retreat saying, you know, I don't believe in soul agreements, there were two ways that that room could have reacted. I guess there's three ways. The first would be to assess it and decide, yeah, okay, you know what, even though this challenges my belief, I'm willing to consider otherwise. And then the second is to do the same thing to assess it and then say, "Mm, actually, no, that doesn't resonate for me, that isn't my truth, and that's okay. And then the third is to somehow take it personally, that somehow people believing something else is an affront to your own existence and freak out, which is what many of the people in that room did. And you see where choice plays into that. I think it's actually really liberating to give ourselves permission to consider other points of view and to still have that same knowingness and certainty within ourselves and that confidence that just because someone believes something different doesn't mean that they're wrong or that we're wrong, but that it's good to challenge what our structures are and our beliefs are because how else are we going to learn and grow? You know, growing up in Catholic school, (laughs) oh man, I, uh, I have so much sympathy for both my younger self and for our local priest because he really wanted to save me. And if I was to have accepted everything that he believed about me, so the fact that every time I was talking to spirit, that I was sinning, and that if I didn't stop sinning, and if I wasn't repentant, that I would go to hell. I would have been a pretty miserable kid and I probably would have built a very fearful life, one that was very uh, religiously restrictive, where there wasn't a lot of opportunity for creativity or full soul expression or even dreaming big because that could somehow be equated to one of the seven deadly sins, I'm sure. And... I know that at his core of, you know, judging me in these ways, like that's just based on the system that he was a part of. And I don't even believe, even though I know a lot of times it ends up being a thing about power and control, but I do really believe that this man was trying to save me, to be honest. And it's interesting to me that the adult of the situation, because when I say I was a kid, you know, I left the church at 13. So I really was a child. The adult of the situation was the one who was so stuck and unwilling to consider other ways, and the child was the one who could see possibility or, I don't know, alternative ways of doing things. It wasn't that I dismissed what he said. That's why I can tell you now that I don't believe that he was trying to control me. He was genuinely afraid for my soul. I listened to what he had to say, but it didn't sound true to me or right to me. So I dismissed it. I mean, I did give it a moment of consideration, but I let it go. And I really feel like if we get to that place where we are just so committed to our truths and our stories that we're unwilling to see any other possible things as also being true or being different but true, I feel like we're really limited. It's the reason why there's so much political divide and there's so much racial divide and religious divide It's like, we are really committed to our one way. And in doing that, we really limit ourselves. And we like to think that we're beyond that in the spiritual community and that, you know, that's for other people. But that's not true. Let's be completely honest here. How often have we rolled our eyes at someone who, you know, thought that our way was wrong or weird or out there? At the start of my journey, Uh, I had reconnected with an old friend and he was on a spiritual path and he had this judgment that everyone around him was sleeping, you know, oh, all these sleepers, because they weren't people who were on any kind of path. But here's the thing, like, we're all on a path. Some of us are choosing to do it a little bit more consciously than others, but it doesn't make us better. It doesn't make our way right. It makes it right for us. And it makes it right for us now because if we get really stuck in this is the way to do it and we are not willing to factor in any other possible ways of doing things differently, particularly when we're being presented with new evidence or new ways of doing things, we're not just stuck. We are as committed to our bullshit and our stories as everyone else that we have said that we don't want to be like when we've chosen to consciously build this path and then walk it. True freedom is in knowing yourself, but in being open. Open to hearing other people's consideration because sometimes it's not actually meant to change your mind. Sometimes it's actually meant to deepen your conviction But you can't really do that without exploring things first and fully. So that's it for this week's my loves. I would love to hear how you found this episode and how you find your own relationship with being willing to change your mind. The best conversations are happening over in our Facebook group, The Lightwalkers Path, and I would love to see you there. We'll see you again next week. Take care now.